come and bring the book, preach, preach to us. I promise you, if you'll pay attention, God has a word to say to us. We love you. Love you, preacher. Amen. Well, what a blessing. Thank God for grace tonight. How many of you, how many of you have experienced more grace than you ever dreamed. <laughs> You're living tonight in grace. Some of you, do I need to do anything with this? I do, don't I? Is it, I'm good. I'm not on? Now am I? Now I am. I love that second verse. Uh, the sin I carried for so long. And some of you haven't lived long enough to carry sin for so long. But if you've carried it for a day, you've carried it long enough. But thank God for grace. <laughs> Amen. I bless the Lord. You can stand with me a moment if you will. I want you to go with me tonight to the book of Romans and the sixth chapter of the book of Romans and the sixth chapter. While you're turning there, I want to thank Brother Rochester and Morningstar Baptist Church. Thank you so much for letting me be back here. What a privilege, what an honor it is. I appreciate this family. Uh, good to have with me, of course, you know them now, my wife and my two boys. And we brought with us a couple young ladies from our school, from our church, from our youth group. I've been their pastor since they were babies nearly, and one of them was a baby, and one of them wasn't far off when they came to our church, and, and they, they wanted to see the Rochester girls. When, when we were there together uh, in, in Hepzibah, uh, I'm still there. He ran off and left me, come over here with y'all, uh, but that's all right, and we just still go to church together. Ain't that amazing? And, uh, but they, want, they went to school, at our school for a while, and so we brought them uh, with us. Uh, but I've only got two children. Those are my two boys right there on the front, on the front row. And uh, I thank the Lord. Hadn't he brought us safe thus far? Amen. Amen. Thank you to the men of God and the churches and the preachers that are here. Uh, I want to say something to you before we read. And you've been sitting for a long time, so it... If you've got to sit back down, help yourself. But if not, I'll give you a moment to stand. How about that? And uh, I don't mind sitting a long time listening to the singing we've heard tonight either. Somebody help me right there. I don't remember how old I was, but I was at my home church in Tunnel Hill, Georgia, probably 13, 14 years old, and I was going coon hunting. And they were having a youth meeting. And it just so happened to coincide with my coon hunting night that they were having a youth meeting. And my youth pastor wouldn't leave me alone about going to the youth meeting. And so I made a compromise. I said, I'll go to the youth meeting and I'll have my cousin come pick me up after church. He lived about five minutes from the church anyhow. And I'd have him come pick me up early 
and we'd go coon hunting. And uh, I sat about one, two, three, four rows back. Brother in the pink jacket, about where you are. I was 13, 14. And a young evangelist had just resigned his church in Florida. Brother Dean McNeese had just started in evangelism. And I wanted to go coon hunting. I could care less about going to church that night. I didn't mind it on Sunday, you know, when you're supposed to go, but not on Friday night when you're supposed to go coon hunting. And I sat about four rows back, and I was watching my clock because I was supposed to leave out, and that was back before we had cell phones, couldn't text nobody. And Brother Dean said, come here, son. Pulled me up, made me stand, and used me as an illustration the whole service while my cousin sat outside with the dogs. And I don't know what God did for me that night. But it was real big. And some of y'all messed up. Because you come in. <laughs> you really didn't, but you really did. You come in here because you had something else on your mind. And tonight, God the Holy Ghost has already dialed your number. He done pointed you out. Called you out. Y'all help me right there. And ain't no telling what God will do out of this tonight. Romans 6. want to read three verses, maybe four. Verse 1 tonight. Notice it's a question. Question is being asked. I want to ask some questions tonight. Preacher, I didn't come to ask questions. I got enough of those. Well, we'll try to answer these questions too. Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now there's a lot of questions being asked in Romans 6. I just want to look at two or three of them. So go with me to verse number 16. Know ye not... That to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. Whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. How many of you believe your Bible tonight? Do you know sin is killing you? Sin unto death, obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. That's not just talking about when you die and sin, you'll die and go to hell. And if you die and sin, you'll die and go to hell. And, then you'll, and, 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 and you're dead in trespassing sin. If you die in sin, you'll experience the second death. That's talking about any time. You live in sin, it's killing you tonight. And God saved you so you don't have to live in sin anymore. Know you not, verse 16, whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Now, one more verse, verse 21. What fruit had you then in those things? 
whereof ye are now ashamed, for the end of those things is death. Let's pray tonight. Would you help me pray? Would you pray the Lord would help me to preach tonight, all right? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you this evening. Lord, I thank you tonight, God, for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I thank you tonight, God, that you have been so good to us. Lord, I bless your name. Thank you, God, for letting us be in this meeting, for these preachers, these churches, Lord, these young people. God, that this meeting is geared towards. I thank you tonight. I pray, God, that you'd call, that you'd draw. If there's a lost sinner, I pray you'd save them. Lord, if there's a child of God going astray tonight, draw them. Lord, encourage your people and help us and convict us. And we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for standing with me this evening. Uh, I read the verses where the questions are. I'll give them to you just so you know where we're going tonight. I want to ask you three questions. Because the Holy Ghost of God put it in the pen of the Apostle Paul to ask the Christians at Rome these three questions, not just these three, but these three and more. But these three questions deserve being asked and they deserve being answered in your life. Uh, If you're an adult tonight, you have to answer these questions. Well, I'm not going to answer them. Well, there's your answer. If you're a young person tonight and you don't even want to be here and your phone is all you're interested in or your neighbor beside you is all you're interested in, that's all right, you're answering the questions. So I want to ask them to you tonight if the Lord will help us. Here's what the questions are. Romans 6 verse 1, what do you say? I'll look at it in a minute. Romans 6, verse 16, who do you serve? Is the next question I want to ask you tonight. And, and, and then verse number 21, what can you show? That's what's in my heart. What do you say? Who do you serve? And when it's all said and done, what do you have to show for it? It might be a little tedious tonight. It might be a little more Sunday school lesson than anything, I don't know what the Lord will do with it, but I just trust he'll use it because thank God it's a good book. And thank God I don't need to perform for you tonight. I, 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 don't, I don't need to put on a show up here for you tonight. I, I don't need object lessons and maybe in the right place there's nothing wrong with those from time to time. But I didn't bring my bag of tricks tonight. I didn't bring my object lessons tonight. But I brought, I brought a real good book tonight and it changed my life and it changed their life and it didn't change your life. Hallelujah to God. So, I want to ask you these questions. The first question this evening, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now, it is in connection with chapter 5 where the Holy Ghost instructs the Apostle Paul to let this Christian crowd in Rome know that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And I, and I feel like tonight I need to say a few words about that because there are people in here 
with a multitude of sin in their past and, and it is wrecking your mind because you feel like there's not enough grace for all the sin that you've lived in. Can I make an announcement to you tonight? I need a good amen right here. You can't go so far. You can't be so bad. You can't sin so much that your sin will ever exceed God's grace where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. I'm glad, thank God, God's got more grace than I've got sin tonight. On my worst day, and it may have been in my past, or it, God help me tonight, I hope not, it may be in my future, but I'm glad, thank God, he's got more grace than I've got sin. And so Paul just laid this truth out where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And he knows somebody's gonna ask the question. Well, if, where sin abound, grace didn't much more abound. I think I'm just going to go on living in sin. That grace may abound. And he asked the question in this fashion, what shall we say then? So he's asking you the question. And so I want to ask you the question tonight, what do you say about this matter? What do you say about this matter. Well, uh, here's some things that people do say. Well, it don't really matter what I do. It's under grace. Y'all help me right there. I told you we might have to labor for a minute to get my thought across, but if you'll labor with me, maybe, maybe the Lord will help us to see. That's all I'm praying for. What do you say about this matter of your sin? I'm talking to saved folks. I'm talking to saved folks that's in Sunday school class, in a youth group, in a Christian school. I'm talking to saved folks that's young. I'm talking to saved folks that's adults. What do you say about your sin? Not what they're doing down at the mall tonight. I mean, we know what we say about what they're doing in Washington. We know what we say about what they're doing at the mall. We know what we say about what they're doing at the racetrack. But what do you say about your sin? Here's what we say. Well, it don't really matter. I mean, that's how God made me. And it don't really matter what I do because when I was six or when I was 16 or when I was seven or when I was 17, God saved me and it's under the blood. And so it don't really matter is what we say. Y'all help me now. Is that not what we say? Well, it ain't what I say, preacher. Well, praise God for you, but it's what most folks say. As a matter of fact, we've lived to see a day when it's what most preachers say. I mean, they'll put it on the sign. It don't matter what you do. It's under the blood. Well, they might not even be under the blood. And if they are saved and under the blood, it still matters what I do because God did not save me to leave me in sin, but God saved me because sin was killing me and he wanted me to be able to live. So what do you say? Well, it, it don't matter. Oh, yeah? Well, let's think about that. Who does it matter to I got one idea, young person. It matters to God. 
I'm talking to say, folks, you've been saved, and when they say, I'm not going to hell, you lift your hands and say, praise God, I'm not going to hell. Would anybody like to participate in that tonight for just a moment? Is anybody glad by the good grace of God that you're saved and you're not going to hell? That's not a trick question. I want to run that by you again. Anybody glad for the day that you walked down an aisle, knelt on an altar, or you knelt on a couch, or you prayed in the back seat of a car, or wherever you were, God saved you, and by the good grace of God tonight, you're not going to hell. Anybody glad about that? So we'll say, though, and it wasn't a trick question. I wanted you to amen that. You ought to amen that. I'm saved and I'm not going to hell. But this personal matter of what I do don't really matter because God will give me a glorified body one day and I'll be a good Christian then. Oh, y'all got to help me right there. I mean, we teach that to our kids. Well, you just do the best you can and you ought to just do the best you can and there is room for grace and mercy but that stuff's killing you. That stuff's killing you. It's killing our generation. Sin is killing our children. It's killing our homes. It's killing our generation and it really does matter. Who does it matter to? Well, according to Scripture, it matters to God. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Who forbid it first? God forbid why do we keep telling God when we pray? Now, Lord, you're the one who made me this way. Now, it's under grace, and so I, God's all right with it. And where do we come up with the stuff where we tell other people, it don't matter what you do, God's not mad about that, man. God's not upset about what you do. He's okay with it when he just said, God forbid. Huh? huh? Are y'all hearing me? What do you say, Daddy, at your house? Mama, what do you say? Young man, young lady, it's a youth meeting. What do you say about your sin? Well, it don't matter. It matters to God. I said it a minute ago, Romans 6, 23 the wages of sin is death. And we've quoted that to lost people wanting them to get saved. And we ought to and don't stop. Keep on letting them know if they live in sin, it's going to kill them. And when it kills them, it's going to kill them again, the second death. And when they, and when they experience the second death, they're going to spend eternity in hell. And nobody wants that. And we want them to know God can save them and will save them and wants to save them. But in its context, he's talking to saved people. And he said, God saved you because you had such a sin problem that your sin was not only going to kill you and put you in hell but it was killing you every day you lived in sin and you could not get out from under sin because you were in the flesh you couldn't get out of sin and so God saved you so you could live in victory God saved you so for the first time in your life you could look at that old sin nature and say, I don't think we're going to do that anymore. God saved you so you could look at yourself in the mirror and say, what I've been doing uh, is opposed to the will of God and I want to live and I want to live in the will of God. And if you don't and you keep doing what you were doing, it'll keep killing you. Now tonight, oh, y'all hear me. 
Some of you is going to get in cars with people you ain't got no business being in cars with after this service. And here's how you've justified that. Well, it don't really matter. I'm saved. Oh, y'all help me right there. Tonight, you've got plans to join up with folks after you dismiss from these doors. And you've justified it in your mind because you've prayed on an altar and you've asked God to forgive you. And you're going to do it again. And will he forgive you? Absolutely he will. He is faithful and just to forgive. If we confess our sin, thank God he's faithful and just. But God can forgive you and that same old sin keep killing you. Did you know every time... Every time you young men and young ladies are involved in relationships that you ought not to be involved in, I'll leave it at that. It is killing part of you. It is robbing part of you. It is not just a physical death, but it is spiritually draining, spiritually killing. It is robbing you of joy. And every time you live in that kind of sin, you are losing a part of you. You'll never get back. God said, you want to keep on dying? Or you want me to help you get some victory? Oh my, oh my, I'm glad he didn't leave me in this world after he saved me with no help inside. But he gave me the Holy Ghost and he gave me the Holy Scriptures and he gave me the blood of Jesus and he gave me the ability to look at that old man and say no and look at that new man and say, let's go to church and let's serve God. But if I don't, it's killing me. And I can excuse it any old way I want to. And we do, and we say, well, it don't matter. But if that Bible's right, how many of you believe it is? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Big old question mark. God forbid. Obviously, it matters to God. Have you ever thought about what you've been doing and what you're about to do is actually mattering to God. Oh, I need you to help me right here on this. Has my generation not been lied to and told it don't matter what you do? Huh? Is that not right, Brother Joe? It don't matter what you do. It's under the blood. Boy, that's true. It's under the blood, but it still matters what we do. Thank God, Brother Rochester, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains, but I can still sin and I can lose my wife, I can lose my children, I can lose my church, I can lose my youth group, I can lose my mind, I can lose my life. All the while being saved, going to heaven. God said, that's why I saved you. So you could say no to that. I'll tell you who else it matters to. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Shall we continue in sin? It actually matters to you. You don't know it, but it's a creeping up on you. Everything you do is taking something out of you. And It's robbing something from you. Every time you're disobedient, 
listen, sins in all of us. And if you're sitting here tonight and you're saying, well, I, I just don't know, preacher. I, I struggle so bad with sin. Romans 7 is the next chapter and Paul is going to let this whole crowd know that sin will always. He said, I find in a law that there's sin dwelling in me. And you need to understand tonight, it's not one fellow got it living in him and not another. It's not this man and not that man. It's not this woman and not that woman. But all of us are under a law. We're under a law. The Holy Ghost said it was a law. And it is indwelling sin. I don't care how tight you tie your tie. I'm for tie. I don't care how good you've got your jacket or your dress you are under the law and the law is is that sin is living in you it's in all of us don't you let the devil lie to you and say well you're different than everybody else because you want to live in sin and you've got sin well that is in you to want to live in sin and it's in your neighbor to want to live in sin but thank God Romans 6 got here before Romans 7 got here and sin may be living in you but you don't have to live in sin Don't you live your life in depression and defeat and discouragement thinking that you're different than everybody else. Everybody sitting on your pew, including your mom and daddy, has got a sin nature living in them. So vile and so ugly. If we knew it, we'd all want to leave tonight. But thank God he knew it and he still loved you and saved you and died for you. But just because it's living in you, does not mean you're supposed to live in it. And when you do, it takes a little bit more. It robs you a little bit more. Steals a little bit more. Until you wake up one day and don't even know where you are and who you are and how you got there. Well, it don't matter. It matters to God. It will matter to you. I'll tell you who else it matters to. Shall we continue in sin? That's not just you, that's me. And that's not just me, that's you. The Lord lumped us together and said we. That's not just me, that's my sons. And that's not just my sons, that's me. Does it matter to you boys? I'm asking honestly, if I go live in sin tonight, does that matter to y'all? Y'all don't want me to, do you? No. It don't just matter to God, and it don't just matter to me, but it matters to y'all, right? Sure. Don't you reckon, on the other hand, that it matters to me yeah. for you to go live in sin? Yeah. Brother, you come down to our youth meeting and preached the house down for about five minutes on that, on that platform. The Holy Ghost touched you. Does it matter to you that I stay right so we can keep having that meeting so people can keep coming and getting help? Does it matter to yes, you? Yes, sir. It also matters to me that you're there and that God keeps using you. Huh? I want our preachers to stand up, fellas that are preachers for just about 
two seconds. Just stand up. I'll tell you when to sit back down. The pastors and the preachers, I want you to stand up, men. I want you to look around. I want to ask a question. In an hour where men are, are, are walking back, y'all just stay standing for a minute. When men are laying down on the job, when men are quitting because of sin, church, look at these men. Does it matter to you that they are here tonight in the fight? Does it matter to you? Does it matter that they keep preaching? Does it matter that they keep toting that Bible? Does it matter that they stay faithful to their wife? Does it matter that they stay right with God to you? Now, fellas, look around. Does it matter to you, men? You loaded them up on a bus. You put them in a van. You brought them from your church because you wanted them to come here preaching and be in a meeting and here singing and be where the Lord is. You know why you're here tonight, young people? Because somebody loved you and wanted you to be here. Because it matters to them. You can be seated, men of God. Thank you. So when you're going to quit saying, well, it don't really matter. Because it matters to a lot of people. I saw the dear lady and gentleman come down here and pray a moment ago. I don't know who you're praying for, what you're praying for. I, I don't even try to, I got to be careful because I don't want to make, but we're not trying to lift people up and brag. But I don't know, but boy, when y'all was down there praying, I, mean, I felt a breeze come through this place. I, I'm not trying to... I don't know, but maybe while you was praying, somebody that matters to you was on your mind. Uh, some of you got grandkids and they matter to you. And some of you are grandkids and you matter to somebody. So what shall we say? What do you say? Well, it don't matter. It matters to God. You don't know it, but it matters to you. And it matters to all of us. Are y'all not tired of hearing so-and-so quit? So-and-so got out? Huh? Well, this preacher stopped, and this youth pastor, he got messed up, and, and, and this preacher's wife ran off and left him, and, 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 and this church member quit because they got a better job offer, and they went to go make money on Sundays instead of go to church on Sundays, and, and now they don't even go to church on Wednesdays or Sundays or revivals, and their family's out of church, and they're out of the Christian school, and, and they're out of the will of God. Is anybody tired of hearing that? You know why? Because it matters to you. And you matter to us. So what are you saying? You know what else people say, and I, I'm trying to hurry, but boy, the Lord's giving me liberty. You know what else folks say? Well, there ain't nothing I can do about it. It's just who I am. You know why Romans 6 is written for people who say stuff like that? No, you're not. No, you're not. He said in verse number three that so many of us as were baptized into 
Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. I don't have time to preach all this. I won't even try to preach all of what I'm about to say right here. I just want to say it to you. He said, don't you know that you were such a problem that I killed that old man so that you could live for me and I made a new man that could live and walk in the newness of life and the goodness of God and that old man that gives you a fit is actually dead and, and don't you know that I killed him so that you could live for me? I'll explain it to you like this. Most of you have heard it. Before you got saved, there was nothing you could stop doing to save you. Ain't that what everybody says? Well, I'm going to stop doing this, and when I do, I'll get saved. And there ain't, you could stop doing a million things, and there'd always be something else to stop. And then people say, well, I'm going to start doing this. And you can start doing a million things and there'd be a million more things to start doing. Huh? There ain't nothing you can stop. And there ain't nothing you can start to be saved. You've got to come to Him by faith. He said, if you believe in your heart, He said, I'll save you. If you'll come to me, I'll take you and I'll save you. And that's what He does. And before you got saved, you were a sinner, really without a choice. You sinned because you were a sinner. And you had no power. You could turn over a new leaf and it always got turned back over. You might quit one habit, but it'll be replaced with 15 other ones that are probably worse than that one. But when God saved you, He killed that old man. And he raised up a new man. And that old nature, all it ever wanted to do was live in sin. But that new man is in you now. And he, all he wants to do is live for God. And now there's a war because that old man that's dead just don't know that he's dead yet. And, and he's going to have to wait to get to heaven to find out how dead he is. Unless he'll believe the Bible and just trust God by faith and say, I don't feel like I'm dead. I don't feel like I can get victory over sin. But I'm just going to believe you, Lord, and tell my sin no, tell myself no, and live for God which he could not do before he got saved. When God saved you, he gave you within you the ability and the desire to want better than you had before. So why do you keep saying, well, there ain't nothing I can do about it. Because it's easier to lie about your sin than to let the Holy Ghost of God address it. Are y'all hearing me? And blame it on your daddy because I'm just like my daddy. And blame it on your mama. Well, that's how my mama was. I guess that's how I'm going to be. And blame it on your family name because that's where they were and how they were. I guess that's what I'm going to be. There ain't nothing I can do about it. No, that was a true statement. When you were a sinner, 
wandering in sin on your way to hell. You never said anything more true but the morning or the afternoon or the night when you bowed your head on an altar wherever you were and you said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Save me. When he saved you, honey, I'm glad. Thank God. Somebody ought to shout amen. He put in you the ability to live for God that you never had. He gave you victory. The possibility and the ability for victory. And I want you to hear me. Now when I live in sin, it's not against my choice. I've chosen it. Young man, young lady, mama, daddy, 50 year old or 15 year old, every time you live in sin, it wasn't against your will, it was because you chose it. Hear me now. I wonder what God thinks when we look at him and say, Lord, I know you saved me and I know what I'm doing is killing me, but I'd rather keep doing what I'm doing that's killing me than to tell it no and to tell you yes. I'm amazed that he loves me tonight because I've done it that way. Oh, I'm amazed tonight that he puts up with me, Brother Rochester, because I've looked at my sin and I've looked at my Savior and I've said to God, not with my words, but with my actions, Lord, I'd rather keep on doing what I know is killing me. than to say no to it and yes to you. And some of you walked in here tonight and you've never given any consideration to that God wants to get you out of sin because you've been lying to yourself and you've been saying to yourself it don't matter but now you've got no excuse because you know according to the Bible it matters everything you do, everywhere you go, everything you see, everything you hear. It matters! I'm going to talk real honest with you tonight. Too honest, too honest. But I want you to hear me. I didn't get saved and become an old fuddy-dud and quit liking everything that I used to like before I got saved. That music I liked before I got saved, I still like. Now, I know that's too honest. I didn't say I still listen to it. I said I still like it. I grew up on Hank Williams Jr. I'm not trying to glorify the flesh, but I need you to hear me tonight. I grew up on that kind of stuff, and I liked it then, and I like it now. But see, one day it occurred to me, it matters everything I listen to. Because it affects my spirit and it affects my preaching. And, 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 and it don't do you any good for me to listen to that all the way to church and try to come in here and preach to you. So for his sake and my sake and your sake, I had to say no to some things that my flesh liked. Why? Because, Lord, I want to please you. And there's probably 10,000 other things better I can listen to that would be more pleasing to you than this. And why? Because, Lord, I don't want to go back to what I used to be. And every time I hear it, it makes me want to go back to what I used to do and be. And why? Because, Lord, I need to be filled with your presence and your spirit. And I need to have my spirit right for their sakes. 
Oh, it matters. Oh, does it matter? What you see, what you hear, who you're with, may not seem like it matters today. But the day will come when you'll realize how much it matters. So what do you say? I'm debating on what to, whether I give you more of it or just be done. Are y'all all right? Look. When I got up here, my phone had 2%. It's got 1% now. Here in a minute, my battery's dead on my watch, too. Here in a minute, I'm not going to know. Oh, there's that big clock back there. It takes me so long to read that, though, I can't. It's 8.57. I've been preaching probably 35, 40 minutes. I don't know where the time went. Am I all right? Are y'all all right? I'll be done. Man, I drove a long ways to preach tonight. And it's Friday night and you ain't got nothing to do but go coon hunting and the Lord's already dealt with you about that. And the pizza over there is going to be there. Question number one, what do you say? Question number two, who do you serve? Maybe I won't preach it, I just... Know you not, verse 16, to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Here's my next question tonight. Who do you serve? Is it not the cry of our generation, we want to be free? We don't want to serve our parents. We don't want to serve our church. We don't want to serve our country. We want to be free to do what we want to do. But that's not true. You may want it, but you can't have it. According to the word of God, know ye not to whom ye yield your servants to obey. His servants ye are to whom ye obey. According to the word of God, you are a servant to sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But you're a servant. Not free. A servant. Young people are servants. Mamas and daddies are servants. Sometimes that's why we can't be what we're supposed to be in our home because we're busy serving our master. Who do you serve? Uh, boy, I wish I, I wish I wish I didn't feel like I was a y'all have not made me feel that way, but I'm so long winded. I get on my own nerves. And I lie to my church. <clears throat> I said, y'all have five more minutes and they just smile. They're so gracious. 
Brother Rochester preached for me a couple weeks ago and, and he said, y'all got five more minutes and they just smiled. Because they've heard that line. Y'all are so gracious to preachers. Most of you. Some of you are not. Who do you serve? I, just give this out here to you real quick. You know you know who you serve. Where does your treasure go? <laughs> where, where, where does your treasure go? You got faith, promise, mission. I'm talking to young people. It's a youth meeting, preacher. I know young people's got treasure too. You got grandparents with money and you got part-time jobs and you don't tithe and you don't give and you don't want to give and you buy everything under the sun that you want and where's your treasure go? You got faith, promise, missions and you got to pray all year long. Well, what are you going to give faith, promise, missions? Mom and Daddy said, well, I don't know. I'm going to pray about it. You ain't going to pray about it. There's three of you that's going to pray about it. The rest of you are just trying to figure out how much you can give and get by with. Huh? Y'all can laugh at that. We'll pray about it. Mamas and daddies do the same thing. Some of you men in here tonight, they pass off from plate. Well, I don't know. And we love that $20 bill, don't we? Ain't that a good one? That five seems too small. Now listen, I, boy, I got to be careful here because somebody, maybe five's all you got. But, but I'm, talking about, I'm talking about folks who's got the abil- ability and that five is too small on a one, that would hurt our own feelings. And, and, and so that 20, that 100, we'll pass, we'll pass that one every time. Go ahead. 20. But you spend $20 a day at the convenience store on chips and crackers. And hopefully that's it, but probably not. And you ain't ever prayed about that. You know why? Because that old flesh likes all that stuff, but that spiritual man, but, but that flesh don't like those spiritual things. It don't mind you giving every dollar you got to cigarettes. Don't mind you giving every dollar you got to alcohol. Don't mind you giving every dollar you got to sin. Don't mind you giving every dollar you got to live in sin. Don't mind you giving every dollar you got to tobacco, whatever it is. But boy, I'm going to tell you, it'll get real upset when you give it to God. So who do you serve? I should have moved on. Probably ought to quit. We wake up in the morning. Oh, I want to be careful. It's like my church. I believe it in my heart. I'll just say it. You better be real careful who you give that to and when you give it to them. Because when you give it to them, it's going to give them stuff that you won't get back. And it's going to take stuff away from them that they won't ever get back. I can't tell you what to do and I'm not going to fight you over what you do and I'm not going to say you're not a good Christian or a good parent and don't love your children. I'm going to tell you what my rule is and I'm just trying to get by and figure out along with everybody else because this is all new. It's all new. We're all figuring it out. 
one of these days mine's going to be old enough to drive. I got a 14 year old when he's old enough to drive. This is my rule. I'm going to give him one without the internet. And when he's old enough to buy his own, he can get it with the internet if he wants it. But I'm going to need to know where, how to get in contact with him when he's old enough to drive. But he don't have to have Google. I got it. And I'm a grown man. And when I got mine, I had my wife put restrictions on mine because I don't want any trouble. Huh? Oh, y'all ain't going to like this. Y'all ain't going to like this. Y'all not going to like this. But if I don't trust me, why in the world would I trust my boys? I don't want to do that. I don't want to live in sin. I've had all the sin I can handle. But if I struggle with sin living in me and the ability for me to live in sin and want to keep every door closed that I can that'll keep me from living in sin, why in the world would I turn it over to my kids? But you do what you want to do. You do what's right between you and your family and the Lord. But when you give it, and all the kids get mad, and at the same time are wishing you'd come get that out of their life. Oh, I didn't mean to get off on this. I'm, Brother Rochester, I'm, I'm just trying to preach. I'm just trying to mind the Lord. They're halfway thinking, Lord God, I hope my parents don't listen to the preacher. And on the other hand, they think, boy, if I could just get this out of my life, maybe I could enjoy singing in the choir again. Boy, if I could just get this out of my life, maybe I could enjoy, enjoy reading my Bible again, go on visitation again, because it's more than I can handle and I'm in too deep. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me tonight? Some of you kids, they're not going to get it. And maybe for good reason, some of them. Every situation is different. But if you're in over your head tonight, then why don't you make the move? Whose servant are you? Why don't you make the move? Say, I used to serve the Lord. They gave me this. I used to love reading my Bible till I got this, and now all I read is Facebook. I, listen, you know why I don't have Facebook? Look me up, you can't find me. People tell me all the time, preaching, you get a Facebook, you can stay in the world. I used to have it, and I served it. Now, you might not do that, see. You might have victory over that and not do that, but I, I, I couldn't do it. I'd get up in the morning, I'd want to know what kind of breakfast so-and-so down the road was cooking, and it don't really make no difference. I, at lunchtime, everybody wants to show you what kind. Do they still do that? I don't know. It's been 10 years since I've been on there, but what I'm cooking for breakfast. And then they want to show you how the fabulous their life is, and the only pictures they ever post are when they're on vacation and they got their hair done. They don't show real life stuff. My kid got a D today. <laughs> Only the foolish ones show that kind of stuff and got a lick of pride. Argue with their wife in the same room on Facebook. Well, I wish I wasn't the only one in this house who'd clean up. Why would you be so foolish to put something like that on Facebook? 
I tell you why, because you're so self-absorbed you want somebody to be on your side because your husband ain't today or your wife ain't today or you're mad at your kids and you want some you want some silly man or some silly woman to get on there and say, amen, sister, I agree with my kids are low down too. Amen, brother. I got a sorry wife too. Then you're in the same boat. Let's go fishing. <laughs> now you might be able to handle it. You might be able to handle it. And you might be able to handle it with victory. Uh, here's how you know if you can handle it. Probably if you get up in the morning and you spend the morning with